In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our text is taken from Proverbs 27, verse 6. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. A man with cirrhosis of the liver was in the hospital. Great bruises showed where the life-saving intravenous drugs were given, but the man died because a drinking companion snuck a bottle to him which he greedily swallowed all at once. Not everyone who bruises you is your enemy. Not everyone who gratifies your desire is your friend. As it says in the proverb, an enemy's kisses are profuse. In Shakespeare's play Hamlet, Hamlet stages a play called The Mousetrap, in which he seeks to ensnare the conscience of the king. There's a woman who is plotting with a man to poison her husband, the king. Hamlet reaches over at a crucial moment and says to his mother, how do you like the play so far, mom? And she says, methinks the lady doth protest too much. We recognize the lies intended to manipulate us. We recognize an enemy's kisses when we see them. How do we get that way? We learn it in childhood. We reward our children for being charming and hypocritical, for pretending to love us because that gets a rise out of us. Well, let children learn charm, but beware teaching them hypocrisy. And let us praise and encourage one another, not with hollow flattery, but with sincerity and truth. But the sad fact is that those who please us may also manipulate and use and even devour us. You may recall the children's classic Pinocchio, in which Pinocchio joins the other boys on an aisle where there is all kinds of sinful, carnival fun. And at the moment of midnight, each of the boys turns into jackasses donkeys, which the master who lured them to the island then crates and sells on the open market. This may seem fanciful to you, but it's meant to teach children the sad truth that when we follow our baser instincts, we may be sold as subhuman prostitutes or drug runners or other unmentionable things. This text makes us think of Judas' kiss. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Now we are prone to misunderstand Judas' kiss. It seems so strange to us. But in the Middle East, as in many countries today, it is a greeting like a handshake. And what we call a kiss with the lips is often nothing more than a touching of cheeks or something of that nature. And for Judas to greet his master, 
in such a way would be the most normal thing in the world had he met him on the street corner. But it was a betrayal to finger Christ in the garden, in the dark, so his enemies could arrest him. And we sometimes forget that to betray, to hand over secrets, is as sinful as lying. You see, our minds are so legalistic that we have trouble with not telling the truth, even to people who have no right to that truth. And so we tolerate gossip columnists and the invasion of privacy and things of that nature. We allow betrayal to work for people, blaming the one whose secret is betrayed rather than the one who has the temerity to invade privacy and stir up trouble. In this matter, context is everything. As Ecclesiastes says, there is a time to speak and a time to keep silence. Beware giving away the secrets of others. Beware talking about people who are near and dear to you. Beware of bad-mouthing people whom you should be praising to strangers and to friends. Don't be like Judas who betrayed his Lord. Now we are shocked by Judas' conduct. How could he follow the Lord for three years, see the miracles, feel the presence of the Spirit, and yet betray his master for a mere 30 pieces of silver, the price of a slave? And yet, we too may be enemies of Christ. Would we betray him for money? Would we betray him for safety? Bring us not to the test. Lead us not into temptation. For how many of us would fall if exposed to such temptation? For so many, Christ is but a means to an end, a ticket to heaven, or a good luck charm. And when the good luck appears to run out, we doubt the passage to heaven. We boast of what we are doing for God more than what he has done for us. Think of what you said about your religion, about your church, about your faith. Have you talked more about what you've been doing? Or have you shared with others what God has done? We are more likely to complain about our fellow Christians or about our church than to praise it to others. Again, think of the last time you talked about your church to other people. Chances are it was complaining the way some people talk about their parents or their in-laws or their spouses. People they should have the utmost loyalty for. And yet all you hear out of their mouths is complaints and shortcomings. You know, I've heard more professions of love for Jesus from those who couldn't get themselves out of bed to praise him with others. For profuse are the kisses of an enemy, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. When a friend has to wound you, it's usually a learning or a healing experience. Like that teacher who makes you work hard, you hated it at the time, but it prepared you for other challenges later in life. Or that therapist who makes you do what is painful, 
speeding up your healing because you didn't have the will or the understanding to do it yourself. I recall one day my son came in scraped and bruised. I was concerned. I said, son, what happened to you? And he smiled and said, I played tackle football with my friends. And whereas some parents would have fretted about the bruises and the scrapes, I thought to myself, is there a better way to spend your life? Is there a better way to expend your strength? You know, a candle, like the lives God has given us, may be wasted, it may be saved for the proper time, and it may be burned to give light and heat at the time needed. What are you saving your candle for? Are you wasting it? Will you recognize when God needs it? Christ recognized what his life was for. Our Lord recognized the time that God needed it. He prayed in the garden, not my will, but thine be done. He accepted the wounds as from his father, not from men. He didn't cuss out the men who were nailing his hands to the cross. Instead, he prayed that God might forgive them. For he knew that the wounds ultimately came from his heavenly father. And he embraced the cross, trusting in the joy before him, the joy of being our savior. And therefore the gospels make it plain that the cross was no accident. Christ was no accidental victim. It was a deliberate plan of faith. Our Lord spoke of it beforehand four times in the Gospel of Mark alone. He spoke of it at the Last Supper. I have longed to eat this Passover with you before I die. He spoke of it in the institution of the Lord's Supper. My body is broken for you. My blood is shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he knew who would betray. He made it clear to the one who would betray. And yet, he did not change his plans. How easy it would have been for Christ to go to some other garden in Gethsemane. And give the slip to Judas and those who were with him. And in the darkness, he identified himself and gave himself over to free the others. He did this before Judas had singled him out. He said, if I'm the one that you're looking for, let these others go free. And then Judas came up and gave him the kiss, saying, Hail, teacher. Our Lord spoke to Pilate, you could have no power over me unless it were given from above, referring to the fact that he was acting out God's plan. He refused the drugged wine when he was put on the cross. It was an act of mercy that the Romans gave the wine mingled with gall, a kind of opiate to help dull the pain. But our Lord Jesus refused this, giving his life with a clear mind. And he gave up his spirit. He breathed his last as a deliberate act after enduring the Father's wrath. 
For it was not the wounds of men or the blows of men that caused him the greatest agony, but to be forsaken by his heavenly Father and to suffer the pains of hell. In the midst of it, he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But recognizing that faithful are the wounds of a friend, at the end he said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And the wounds were faithful. Death was swallowed up in victory. Christ rose from the dead that life and immortality might be proclaimed in his name. Follow in his footsteps. Rejoice in the troubles God sends you away. For faithful are the wounds of a friend. Knowing this, we will not shrink from the cup the Lord gives us to drink. We will commend our souls into his hands, following the footsteps of our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. And may that peace that surpasses understanding keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.